coming full circle. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 360 of Hand of Pod. I would love to pretend, if you're a new listener, that that joke was original, but I think Dan suggested it last week when it came into my head uh, this afternoon. I thought, oh, yeah, I've got to use that one, especially as Dan's not here. But I'm honest, so I'm giving him the credit anyway. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week by Andres. Hello, Sam. Congratulations, Andres. Thank you. Same to you. Um... Thank you. Uh, Dan couldn't make it this week. The choices for our recording times were either going to be that I would record with him on Wednesday afternoon um, or that I could record with Andres on Thursday evening. And I took an editorial decision and decided that it was better to record after both of the Copa Libertadores semi-finals have been played so that we know what the final is um, rather than just after the All-Argentine semi-final. I'm quite glad I did now because if I'd recorded yesterday with Dan then I think the news would have got old quite fast uh, given what happened in that non-Argentine semi-final. We are going to talk about that of course uh, not in as much detail as the other one but we're going to begin um, with a review of Tuesday evening's second leg in the Bombonera. Uh, In a very very real sense football was the winner because this time round, there was a River Boca tie in the Copa Libertadores, which actually finished. It, it didn't get pepper sprayed off. It didn't get rained and postponed. There was no violence which caused it to be moved to another continent or anything. Both the matches kicked off more or less on time. There was a, a bit of a funny incident with the league. There were no, no riots, no broken, broken glasses of, of, of buses. Uh, we have to say that uh, either River and Boca, both teams have a higher a special not buses the buses are, are normal I think but with special glasses uh, which can be hit but can cannot be broken mm. uh, in, in pieces like it happened uh, with the last final that was going to be played at the Monumental and finally was played in the Santiago Bernabeu yes they, they also had uh, I mean I would say comically overblown police escorts but you know after what happened last year they're it not was, really comically yeah. overblown was it it was just it, it's what they should have been doing last year um so the game did go ahead. Uh, Boca Juniors um, stretched their historic head-to-head advantage over River with a 1-0 win. But of course it wasn't enough to secure anything on aggregate. River therefore go through to the final of the Copa that, that they're defending. Um, 2-1 on aggregate. Uh, they're going to meet... I may as well spoiler this for you because as I said we're going to mention it in a few minutes anyway. They're going to meet Flamengo uh, in the final. It will be Flamengo's... No, we're going to do all that stuff afterwards, actually. We'll, we'll do the, the historical statistics and everything afterwards. Uh, but they're going to meet Flamengo in the final after quite an impressive performance from Flamengo. We'll get into it later. Um, but first of all, Andres, what, what were your thoughts on forgetting the first leg for a second? Although obviously the first leg played into the way the second leg was played. What were your thoughts on, on River's performance on, on Tuesday evening? 
Well, I think that the, uh, previous to the match, we all agreed that uh, for Boca to to pass through and and, and play the final, they they uh, should they they should be much better team than they were uh, at, at, until this second leg, and River uh, be much worse than they have been doing recently. And the latter happened because River weren't uh, the team solid and, and, and uh, confident and reliable team that had been uh, all this this time. And Boca were a bit better, or, or perhaps they were much better, but wasn't enough, of course. To uh, I I mean it not only in the result, also in the in the in the performance. Uh, they they were of course better, and, and they needed to be better. They needed to push. And they did it. Mm. Perhaps if we say only by 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 crosses, only by long balls, only by and and I think I I said this in the last episode. And I am not a magician, but I, I it was quite obvious, or I think at least it, it was very possible for Boca or that they, they aren't very a, a very influent playing uh, team mm. that they should do they will do this. Uh, apart from that, to be faster attacking. To have a faster attack and, and River not be able not being able to capture the ball and and, and have a counter attack. Um, uh, of course, you, we will criticize we could criticize this that we don't like the style that, in which Boca plays. What that, that has nothing to do with the if they play like that and they win well it's great for them but they, it wasn't as I said enough for them to to grab the, the at least two nil victory to. To, to for the penalty shootout. Yeah, um, indeed. I mean, I I said last week that it was difficult to see Boca scoring two or more goals against River while keeping a clean sheet, and and in the end they did keep the clean sheet, but of course they didn't manage the two or more goals, and it, it was it was always unlikely. I think, um, and one of the things that made it such an uphill struggle for Boca after the first leg. Um, was that second goal that River got in the first leg because it forced Boca to come out and play a, a, a style of football that really threw out Gustavo Alfaro's time in charge. They've not been playing. And, and it, it showed, I think. Uh, it, they they looked... The intensity was good in, in the first half from a Boca point of view. Um, they, they played with a lot of, of, of pace and power and other things beginning with P. Um, but the knock-on effect of it was that it just it looked a little bit rushed as well like nobody at times they weren't quite sure where their teammates were and stuff it wasn't like the first leg in which they were almost literally struggling to string four passes together at times sometimes but it, it was just yes. a bit sort of things were getting over hit or slightly under hit or what, and it was just a bit sort of stop start sometimes these things of perhaps for example playing with with courage or guts or 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 eggs like like here we say in argentina the huevos which is uh, Ponga huevos. Uh, With balls, basically yes. in English, yeah. Yes, balls, not like a story. Um, sometimes it's enough for them to 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 get the result they need, but uh, perhaps against River it it, it isn't, and uh, uh, they had that. They they were uh, a, a team with guts, with with balls, uh, uh, with courage, uh, uh, pushing River to their their box, but with not a very good game or good play or performance. Uh, which I, I insist sometimes. Well, with that, it's 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 the the the, 
it's enough for them to to to, to pass or to uh, uh, in in this case get the, the ticket to the final. But uh, uh, I think that it, uh, as a, as I think we could synthesize this uh, as something that Boca has been suffering. Uh, the, 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 the ball having the ball and, and playing in a style that they that could perhaps uh, as they as the, the, the players say uh, playing like this we will get more uh, good results than bad results playing in uh, with the with the ball and, and, and with fluent plays uh, in this case uh, uh, Boca prefers to play more straight away with with balls long balls and and, and, and well fouls that the referee awarded uh, also in fairness fouls that River were committing as well though yes which is one of the reasons uh, we were talking before um, before we started recording obviously um, and it's one of the reasons that in my opinion it wasn't really a very good performance from River I mean yes. there was a lot of talk about and, and, and I guess there always is after a result goes a manager's way and a team's way there's a lot of talk about oh you know he set the team up really well I, I don't think that that I was I fancy Gallardo. I, I don't think he was very well set. I fancy Gallardo saying in the in the talks before the match, don't don't make so many fouls, mm. uh, because if they, there is something good that Boca has, is the 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 heading, heading power or uh, air, yes, uh, and and that's precisely as lots of people had pointed out in the build up as well. It's precisely to do it the area that River are really weak at defending. If if there is a weakness yes. in the River defence, they for some reason they seem awful at defending set pieces. Um, and sure enough, that was how Boca's equaliser, uh, equaliser, sorry, how Boca's uh, goal on the night came. It was why that might have been an equaliser, because in the first half, um, Boca had another goal from a set piece, which was correctly disallowed for a handball um, immediately before it, when the ball bounced down to Eduardo Salmio and he volleyed in, half volleyed in. Um, but it, it uh, on the replay, the, it, it turned out that it had hit a defender's hand on the way to yes. him, and therefore it had to be disallowed. It was between him and, and, and Mas, I think. Uh, Manuel Mas also was in the play. Mas was one of them, and I think yes. Izquierdoso Lopez was the other. It was one of the centre-backs, I think, was yes. the other. Um, yes, according to the new rule, uh, it doesn't matter whether they want to, no. to, to touch the ball with their hands, but if there is a handball, uh, the goal cannot be allowed... No matter how it it handballed, if it, there is a hand, it's precisely it's yeah. Um, but again, it was you know River got lucky there essentially that the ball hits an arm on its way from whoever's head it was, Massa's head down to Salvio, um, that the ball hit somebody's somebody's hand at the first uh, at the moment. Because if that hadn't happened, then the result would probably still have been Salvio scoring for Boca yes. from a set piece, um, and that River continued to give away set pieces throughout the, the the second half especially you know 35 yards away or so from the goal line and and closer to their goal line the ideal situations where a team who are good at attacking set pieces are going to make hay with that um and they didn't seem to stop doing it and and so I, i'm not really convinced that it was it was a bit of a funny one because it was the first the, the starting 11 for river was unchanged from the first leg um and i think that that's hard to you know disagree with uh even though, obviously, I would have had Fernando Quintero in there, uh, particularly given that he looks good now. You know, he, look, he looks fit. Uh, he didn't even play, which I was very disappointed by. But anyway, that, that's an entirely emotional response rather than an actual rational one. Um, yes, but I, I think it's difficult to argue with the, with the idea of, of making the first 11 unchanged. But then to go about the actual game plan in such a different way with the same players just seems 
it, it played into Boca's hands more than he needed it to, I think, even with the two-goal cushion. Yes, uh, uh, surprisingly nervous or, 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 well, not very accurate. Um, uh, but I think that in this case, River had uh, wanted to play uh, not so in their in their side, but trying to, to, to press a bit more higher and they couldn't. Uh, this, of course, has, has to do with Boca's attitude in this case, much more aggressive than, mm. than in previous uh, matches. Uh, but in, And then, yes, we can talk about the first leg because that's why uh, River, as, as it was said, and I think it's right, uh, finally won the, the draw the draw with the with the, with the two nil victory in, in in the first leg of course being I think the best the best river or the, the yes the best river in the first leg I think was a bit better than the Bocas the best Boca in the second one uh, oh, if yeah, you could no, compare definitely. I mean the, the the first leg was a dominant performance from River um, so I would agree with that entirely yeah I, and mean, then I, you could I, I don't think it's a secret yes. that River's best performances are better than Boca's best performances over the course of this year then then you couldn't expect and uh, I heard uh, uh, Alberto Marsico the former enganche that played for Boca uh, saying that you couldn't expect for, from Boca uh, a, a, a nice to watch play uh, as they are used to play like we, are being, we have been mentioning uh, with perhaps Giving the ball away to the to the rivals and and and, and mostly attacking by a counter attack mm-hmm. with their with their great strikers. But in the, uh, uh, so if if we expected or or at least Boca supported expected something different than it was seen in the, on Tuesday night, uh, well, uh, that wouldn't happen. No, indeed. Sorry, I was just checking something because I'm very confused by. Uh, what we're uh, having on television at the moment. I'll, we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I just needed to check something. Um, overall, then, River, worthy finalists? It's it's quite an achievement. I think the last team to make two consecutive finals in the Libertadores, I don't think. Wasn't I Boca, right? No, it was Sao Paulo. Oh, Sao Paulo. 20-0... Five and twenty or six, I think it was, was the years. Boca were the last team to win two in a row, of course, in two thousand and two thousand and one. Um, and San Paolo made two straight finals. I, I, well, oh, they won it in twenty or five, didn't they? Of course, they did, because uh, they went on to beat Liverpool in the uh, Club World Cup that year. Uh, and I think that they got back to the semi. Sorry, got back to the final in twenty or six, or perhaps twenty or five was the second final after they'd been in the previous years one or something and, and lost it. Um, but yeah, so River, the first team in like a decade and a half, basically, um, to make two consecutive Libertadores finals. They're, of course, going to be the only team to play in a two-legged final and a one-legged final in consecutive seasons. Yeah, you're right, uh, because the Sao Paulo uh, won the Copa Libertadores in 2005, uh, defeating Paranaense in the final. Yeah. And then lose, lost it... Lost uh, to Inter? To Inter, yes. 2006. I'm raising my yeah. hands in celebration here. That was yeah. I swear that to all of you that I remembered that I didn't I, I didn't have it on the screen in front. Boca was the previous one, but winning both, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so River have, have, have done a good job. I mean, it, it was what what proved be a step beyond them uh, in 2016, essentially after they won in 2015 and then collapsed against Lanús in the semi-final uh, the following year. Um, you know, we said last week or I said last week that 
for Boca to get through, it was going to take not just a much improved Boca performance, but also River actively shooting themselves in the foot in some way. That might and have they happened in the first half, in they, the most literal yes. sense possible, because Enzo Perez nearly scored an yes. own goal. Yes, uh, he wanted to clear the ball and it almost uh, uh, put it in the, into the net, and Armani was quite uh, 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 re- uh, fast to, to react and, 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 of course, throw the ball to the, to the corner. Hmm. Um, what were your thoughts in that moment, Andres, as a River fan? That we, we will suffer. In fact, <laughs> I, I suffer and I admit that uh, when Boca scored the, 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 the only goal of the match, I, I turned off TV because uh, it was quite... Uh, uh, yes, I, I, was, I, I, I admit I was suffering there. I, I, I went to have a shower <laughs> after that. Uh, and uh, when I didn't hear any goals, uh, shouting, shouts or, or, or something like that, I, I, I realized that finally River had uh, lost, but, but uh, uh, got to the final. Mm. Yeah, uh, the goal came 10 minutes from the end, by the way. It, it turned out to be 16 yes. minutes from the end by the time stoppage time got factored in as well. Um, and it was so hard for Boca to score that even mm. Mauro Sarate uh, missed the ball and, and it was Han Rutado who pushed it. Mauro Sarate pushed it slightly away, stopped it yes. from going in and fortunately for Boca, Rutado was, was on hand to stab in from right on the line and it looked like yes. the ball was maybe halfway across the line when Sarate touched it uh, away from the goal and then Hurtado was right next to him to, to actually stab it into the net. Which, of course, didn't stop Sarate from celebrating as if he'd scored himself. But to be honest, I thought, well, maybe he deserved that celebration because he looked good. Uh, he should have been in the starting lineup, in my opinion, we, for, we... for Boca. You know, if we're talking about Gasharado not having set the team up correctly, then I think it's difficult not to also talk about how Gustavo Alfaro set up Boca. And, I mean, the big, the elephant in the room so far throughout this conversation has been the fact that Carlos Tevez was in the starting lineup. And if I think I'm right in saying he played the whole game, right? Yes. The substitutions were Visha for Macanister, Sarate for Almendra, and Hurtado for Avila. Uh, so yeah, Tevez played the whole 96 yes. minutes. Yes, a lot of people saying that uh, once more Alfaro uh, wasn't good at the change at the, at the changes because uh, Almendra, surprisingly perhaps for for a lot of people, was the best man of of, of at least his team. Mm. And the first change was for was uh, was him that uh, Alfaro uh, got out of the of the match, um, and yes, and I, we were right at, at mentioning Sarate as one of the teams that could uh, players that could bring danger to the to River, uh, not Sa- not Salvio who was barely. But, no. Well, apart from the, the goal he had disallowed in the first half, but yes, yeah, he but he was surprisingly quiet actually. All right, I thought. Um, uh, I, I mentioned earlier in the season that during his first five or six games for Boca he was absolutely superb he was probably the most important player in those games and he scored like four goals in six appearances or something um, but yeah on Tuesday evening he was he was rather muted um, Alexis McAllister was, was decent if any Brighton fans With are listening mostly from his, his dead ball delivery but... um, which I think Sarate took over once he was on the pitch but I just I when Carlos Tevez was announced in the starting lineup, I think I said this last week when Dan said that it was a possibility. Um, but when he was announced in the starting lineup, I, I repeated the theory that I, I can only think that Alfaro thought if I don't put Tevez in the starting lineup and we go out, then I'm screwed. 
Like, I'll get it in the neck from the fans, from the media, from everybody. But in the end, he was the one who... But who I, I just think that if Sarate had been on the pitch... In the end, he proved himself uh, saying almost that he's gone. Uh, yeah. But uh, both uh, um, Tevez and Avila, uh, who hadn't, hadn't been training normally until Friday, I think, because mm. they were we had some pains, uh, and finally they were in the starting lineup. That is also strange. Avila and Tevez, it's like they couldn't be out of the match for Alfaro, independently of their state or their physical form. And well, that's a mistake, of course. No, absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, Avila as well, obviously, but Avila is a much less noticeable name in the Boca starting lineup than Tevez. And today, uh, sorry, yesterday, on Wednesday, uh, and today on Thursday, uh, to a lesser extent, obviously, because today's the day after the other semi-final. Um, you know, there have been theories flying around about, oh, Tevez and um, Marcone and Lisandro Lopez or something were the ones who actually picked the starting eleven and, and all of this stuff. I mean, it's all the same kind of crap that the Argentine media comes out with to sell newspapers about River and Boca. Whenever one of them does badly, it's always the fault of... You know, some of the players have got hot control of the dressing room over the manager or whatever. Um, but the reason, you know, for for including Carlos Tevez in the starting lineup, I don't think that there is a footballing argument for that in this day and age um, for Boca uh, beyond Alfaro. And, and I'm not saying that Alfaro himself wasn't picking the manager, the the team, but beyond Alfaro, essentially being a, a weak coach who is slightly enthralled to Boca's. Mystique and, and legends, you know, with, with Tebes being clearly the the most famous name, if not necessarily the best player on their team sheet at the moment. Well, when the match finished, and of course this is the bad thing of the uh, journalists uh, that uh, only sit with the microphone and, and don't play, uh, one of the the, the, the the men who said this, or who said that Alfaro was, or Boca was too big for Alfaro, was Ruggeri, who is, well, he was a player and... and and perhaps he knows how to uh, uh, stand the, the pressure. But uh, um, uh, Alfaro himself also uh, said almost that he appear, appeared to be a dead man when he, uh, as a coach of Boca, because he he said that after these uh, uh, six or seven matches that are left to the end of the year, he will go back to his house and, and to back home and, and, and get back his life. Uh, uh, which of course of, was first the, the elimination, then these these uh, things that Alfaro said were big noisy for Boca, as they didn't expect uh, uh, for him to be so uh, sincere at least uh, or too honest. No, indeed. Um, one of my neighbours has just started doing some home improvements. You might be able to hear some hammering in the background. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the volume on the microphone down ever so slightly in the hope that that will kill it off. Uh, you might need, if you're listening, especially on earphones, to just turn up the volume on those earphones for, for the rest of the recording. Um, I apologise, but I really hope you can't hear the banging. Um, anyway, there we go. On the fly editing, because I'm good at that. Um, best performer for Boca, Andres? Well, on, I mean, on Tuesday night rather than over yes. the course of the two games I, I think that I, I, and I agree with the people saying that it was Almendra uh, in the middle mm. uh, uh, trying to get some 
clear ball in the in the middle, which was quite uh, difficult for Boca, as I as as we have been saying that if there is something that Boca have haven't been doing was to play uh, uh, or to make passes or four or five uh, passes in a row, uh, and he was capable of doing so. So I think he was the one. Uh, then, well, when when he came to the match, Sarate was good, but uh, were mm. twenty minutes, I think, or something like that. See, that's the thing. I I think if Sarate had been replacing Tevez or Abino or Salmi or and Almendra had stayed on the pitch and kept playing at the level he was, then you know it really might have been sticky for River. Yes. Um, but as it was, replacing their best player with somebody else who came on and perhaps was a competitor to be the best player in the match as well. Uh, but only one of them being on the pitch at any one time. Also, centre backs were uh, quite uh, fast to 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 stop any yeah. possibility for River to attack because uh, much better than they were yes. in the first leg. Yes, I mean it was as if they were watching completely two different defenders. It was yes. strange. I mean it wasn't strange because we know you know that Lisandro Lopez and Carlos Izquierdos are, are good centre backs who who can play at a high level uh, by South American standards. Um, but it was, it, it was quite uh, noticeable, the improvement in their performances from the first leg at the same time. Um, and who would you... I'm going to ask two for River, because you're a River fan. So first of all, who do you think was River's best performer on the night? Um, it's not easy to pick, yeah, I know, not, because not, there weren't any... Really, really not easy, but De La Cruz was the only one who at least uh, was a bit of... Uh, I wouldn't say dangerous, but uh, that when he picked the ball, you you could expect something from him, mm-hmm. uh, and then yes, yeah, no, not not much more. Uh, and the worst, because I I think we do have to admit that although over the 180 minutes River deserved to go through, Tuesday evening wasn't a particularly edifying. Nacho Fernandez for barely appeared in the in the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, it, it was as. as Perhaps the opposite way as, as the centre-backs of Boca that in the first half were sure, awful. Yeah. Uh, now they were really, really good. In this case, it was the opposite, I think. Uh, Nacho Fernandez, of course, scoring the second goal for, in the second leg, in the first leg. In this case, they, they, they not, really were not being possible to, to, to uh, have the ball made Nacho Fernandez like, useless. Uh, I, I think... I think I would go for Javier Pinola maybe as River's best player, but apart from that, I'd, I'd agree with yes, all of your assessments that you've just given us. Um, in the other semi-final, we'll move on to it now, we found out who River would be playing, because, of course, on Tuesday night, we knew that River were going to be in the final. On Wednesday evening, or night, uh, we found out who their opponents would be. The The semi-final, the all-Brazilian semi-final, was very finely balanced. Remember, it finished 1-1, in Porto Alegre between Grêmio, the winners of this Copa in 2016 um, and one of the most consistent sides in the competition over the last few years uh, and Flamengo, who have only won one Copa Libertadores before it was back in 1981 when they played do you know who they played in the 1981 Libertadores final? I was really surprised when I looked this up last night not uh, a team that you would normally link with the being in finals. I, I of the had it in my mind and I forgot. Cobreloa yes. of Chile. And the second leg of that tie was played in the Estadio Nacional in Santiago, which is where this year's first ever one-off final is supposedly, according to Condoval, still now 
going to take place. Obviously, if we have any listeners in Chile, uh, then please stay safe, and we hope that you're uh, that you're doing so and, and that you're doing well. Um, Conmebol announced, I think it was on when it was on Tuesday, right? That they 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 said definitely taking place in Santiago, and then they announced yesterday, Wednesday, um, shortly before the second leg of Flamengo versus Gremio. Um, that it was going to uh, be held on the 23rd of November at 5 p.m. Argentine but time. Anyway, they will, of course, this is time. something you could believe or not, but they will still uh, evaluate uh, conditions, especially security conditions. Exactly, yeah. and, and because there is a problem, I, and I remember uh, the World Cup, the Brazil 20, 2014 World Cup, uh, in which uh, people were. Uh, protesting in the streets while the World Cup was being played mm. and in this case something similar could happen because it's known that uh, people are not happy uh, by these days in, in, in Chile as, as I, I think the difference though is that the FIFA World Cup is much more of a sort of all-encompassing juggernaut where FIFA sell the rights to the tournament and insist on getting complete control over various areas around the stadium and everything on match day. Commonwealth don't have the same sway with South American governments. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me, it wouldn't, I don't think, surprise anybody on the continent uh, if that final doesn't end up being played in Santiago. But for the moment, Commonwealth are continuing to insist that it will be. Um, it will be between River and Flamengo. And as I said a any, minute ago... Any chance for Bernabeu in Madrid to be... Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully they don't decide that, that if they can't hold it in in the one city that they've chosen, that they have to move it to the other side yes. of the world again. Uh, and I think if they did, then it would have to be the Camp Nou's chance this time, because right? there are no protests in the street taking place there or anything. But in, in this in this case, in this only case, we we could give credit to Conmebol if they decide to change the venue, because they decided the the venue quite a time ago, hmm. and the, the the problems are being. Are, are happening now in, in Chile. It's not that they... No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was decided like... Just, uh, I mean, they decided on the one-off final in the middle of last year and I think they announced the venue for it in January, something like that, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, they've obviously got a lot of other considerations. There's sponsorship money. Uh, there are tickets and yeah. VIP tickets and everything that have already been sold for this game, in spite of the fact that both clubs are obviously only just starting to sell tickets now. And I now. think that the next Wednesday will be uh, we'll start this, the selling of the tickets for the River and Flamingo. Oh, OK, so it's on Wednesday that they start. Yes. OK, uh, they're going to get 12,500 each, is what I've heard. Yes. Um, and, you know, there are there are other stadiums on the continent that could host it. I guess Universitario Stadium in, in Lima is... Um, I was going to say a similar size. In fact, it's bigger. It, it's, it's the biggest stadium uh, outside Brazil on the continent. Um, Centenario in Uruguay? Yeah, potentially the Centenario. Um, I guess obviously you can't hold it in Argentina or Brazil because if you do that, then now that we know who the finalists are, it starts to get a little bit iffy. Um, but anyway, for the moment, they're, they're insisting that, that it is going to be in Santiago. Um, the tie, as I said, was very evenly balanced, evenly nicely poised going into the second leg. And it was much less evenly balanced by the time the second leg had ended. I thought, and I said last time we talked about this, that if Flamengo were as profligate, wasteful with their chances um, as they were in the first leg, then Gremio might do a number on them. And that, um, it, it didn't happen. Because Flamengo won 5-0 in the second leg for a 6-1 aggregate victory. Bruno Enrique, uh, Gabriel Barbosa got two Pablo Marie, the Spaniard, playing in the centre of Flamengo's defence, 
uh, got the fourth, headed home. And then Rodrigo Cayo uh, headed home as well uh, from also a set. Also from a free... Yeah, there were two free kicks. Lot of... Uh, Pablo Marie from... Yes. Oh, actually, Pablo Marie's might have been a corner, but the Cayo one was a really nice header uh, from a free kick to make it 5-0. Um, Andres, as a River supporter, are you scared of facing Gremio after that performance? I, I was, I think, more not scared but nervous about last night, uh, sorry, Tuesday's night match. Hmm. Uh, it's Boca because of everything that... Uh, mean for the meaning of of, of uh, playing as Boca, the the bombonera, a, a lot of uh, things that came with the match. In this case, I think well, it's only one match. Of course, it's it will be very hard, very uh, I think very tight because uh, uh, they have a quite uh, similar style of play, River and Flamengo. If you if if we take into account only the last match played by both, of course, both teams. Well, well, Flamengo, of course, will appear as a big favorite because they they've they've got Gremio out of the of the of the match uh, so easily and and uh, and River suffered. So uh, if you watch Flamengo Gremio uh, and River and Boca River uh, only the second leg of the semifinals, uh, of course you will say that. But uh, mm. I think it will be quite even and, and quite tight match. Uh, Bruno Enrique talked about the out river after the 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 they passed through the final to the final, saying that yes they will have to care a lot or to uh, prepare every detail because river is of course a great team and that things that you say. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. No, it's not scared. Um, uh, Flamengo could be slight favorites. They have a, apart from a big team uh, players that, uh, for example, Luis. Uh, uh, Felipe Luis, the f- the former uh, Atletico Madrid uh, left back, mm. uh, players players like that who are, I think they have a great value. Um, but you know, no, not square. I think it will be, and we have one month still to go. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I mean, today the Argentine press of a lot of them have been talking about, oh, you know, River are going to do really well. River are the minnows in this. Final, and I've been kind of thinking, well, the River are the defending champions, they are not Flamengo, uh, so to call them minnows is a bit much. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to have just woken up to to how good Flamengo have been this season. Um, but they, they, for example, uh, I heard something, and I agree with that that Flamengo not started not very well, and even even in the round of sixteen, they had problems uh, to pass. Uh, Emelec uh, passing through penalties. Uh, mm. They lost two 0 in Ecuador, and then of course beat two 0 in, in Brazil to the Ecuadorian team uh, and passed through through penalties. Uh, well, River didn't. Oh, well, yes, River also had to pass in the same round, Cruzeiro on penalties. But um, at that point they were the the dream team or something like we they call it now. Even when they have, I think, 15 matches uh, that they haven't lost. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, what, what I've been thinking all the way through the day is just that if, if the two legs were reversed, if it had been, if, if this week's matches had taken place three weeks ago and the matches that took place three weeks ago had taken place today, uh, then we'd be talking about it in almost exactly the opposite way because Flamengo would have been, okay, Flamengo would have been 5-0 up from the first leg. Uh, so maybe my argument falls down a little bit there, uh, but you know Flamengo would have just put in a rather 
wasteful performance in which they were ultimately kicked in the teeth late on against Gremio, uh, with the tie still live. Let's just pretend that second legs, the ties are still live for a second, so that my point stands. Um, and River would have, you know, lost 1-0 at the Bombonera and then brought it back to the Monumental and played Boca off the pitch yeah, and won yeah. 2-0 and could have won 3 or 4-0. Um, and people would probably be, be looking at things rather differently there. Yes. River, knowing uh, uh, Marcelo Gachardo, you know, I, I don't know Marcelo Gachardo, obviously. I, what I mean is being familiar with Marcelo Gachardo's management style um, and with the way that River have played for five years now under him. Um, it's difficult to imagine him being happy with last night's performance once he actually gets the chance to sit down coldly and look at it in the cold light of day um, and ignore the fact that the team that they've just beaten a, a, a Boca. Um, but he said... And you um, would think that they will be better. Yes. He, he said something like that in the press, confer- press conference, even being so happy and, and so touched by, mm. by the fact that they again eliminated Boca the fifth, uh, fifth time since he's in charge of River that River beat Boca in a knockout stage. Uh, uh, even ha- being so happy, he, he said that uh, today we couldn't uh, play like the way we are used to. Uh, well, Boca pushed and we we were not very, very, very good t- tonight. Uh, happily, we could pass anyway. Uh, so, yes, if that, at that time he was hot. <laughs> when he, hmm. with cold, cold mind, uh, I imagine that uh, even he, he will think even more uh, with this idea that they didn't play very well. Uh, of course, mixed that that feeling or that thought mixed with the emotion and the, and the happiness of of, of uh, eliminating Boca. But yes, I, I I think he's quite conscious of of the performance that the River had, mm. which uh, of course uh, uh, they had they, they were like you said I think a bit lucky also with the, that disallowed goal. Uh, I think that. Through these five years, they were they had a mix of good play, uh, uh, intensity, um, uh, winning mentality. We could call it and and luck. Of course, they had yeah. also strikes strikes of luck. I mean, all all great teams, all champions need a slice of luck at some yes. point. Um, one thing that that I did think though was that while the Flamengo performance was was obviously very impressive I don't want to take away from it I don't think that River should be as afraid of Flamengo for in, in terms of the, the level of performance that they put in as perhaps the chance the, the fact that as we mentioned as I mentioned what maybe 20 minutes ago or so um, River's very notable weak point in defence is set pieces and Flamengo scored from the opener just before half time was from open play on Wednesday night and then uh, Gabriel Barbosa's first goal was uh, a very nice half volley after a corner only got half cleared. His second goal was a penalty, so let's rule that out. But then Pablo Marie and Rodrigo Cayo both scored headers from set pieces. So in other words, not counting the penalty, three goals from set pieces um, in the second half to take the game away from yes. Gremio. If you're a team watching that whose weakness, if there is a weakness, is defending set pieces then you think, right, we have a month to get to a point where we can defend set pieces against this side, who, yeah, can play wonderful football, but they clearly also uh, know how to attack from set pieces. Well, I, I, I watched a, a, 
a journalist that covers uh, River for I think it is ESPN, saying that the 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 man who is in charge of the video ana analysis uh, of, uh, with that works with Gallardo was of course watching last match and and he will prepare uh, the I think the the highest and the and the lowest uh, lowest uh, points uh, the best and the worst things that Flamingo has in order to work of course because yes I I agree that River and it was shown. Uh, on Tuesday night, that their the, their weakest point is the defend defending, especially in free kicks or corners. And uh, uh, some time ago, Gallardo was asked, asked about this that if it was a deficit, and he answered that well, yes, but with that deficit, we are we are doing great things. So he wasn't uh, 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 worried about that. Yeah. But now they will. I think he will have, and he will be worried. I, I think he's not uh, still. Uh, uh, he's not the dumb. Uh, uh, he's not dumb. He will, I think, uh, get that videos from the video analysis, and, and of course, try to fix the problems that River has in free kicks and corners. Yes, we will see. Anyway, yes. it's a month away. Um, oh, it's less than a month away now. It was a month away yesterday on Wednesday, yes. uh, but it's now less than a month away. But anyway. Um, that concludes our review of the Copa Libertadores semi-finals. I'm going to play some theme music now. We're going to refill our glasses. And when we come back, we will discuss the Superliga weekend just gone. The Primera Femenina weekend slash round just gone. And uh, some other stuff. So don't go away. then the Superliga results and this is the opportunity for me to mention that we are sponsored by Fanatis. Fanatis is a service which allows lovers of Latin American football in the rest of the world to watch their favourite game including the Argentine Superliga, the Copa Argentina and a little later in the season the Copa Superliga. Uh, you can watch it from anywhere outside Argentina if you're on Fanatis. And if you are in the United States, then you also get live um, coverage of the Copas Libertadores and Sudamericana, both of which have Argentine finalists this year, remember. So you'll want to watch both of them, obviously. Um, that's only live uh, for the Sudamericana and Libertadores. But if you're in the rest of the world or in the States and you're on Fanatis and you want domestic Argentine football, then you can get it on demand um, if you miss a game at the weekend or you can watch it live as well. Uh, you can get, if you're a Hand of Pod listener, a seven-day free trial followed by 20% off your first three months by going to fntz.co slash hop and using the discount code H-O-P-F-Z that's fntz.co slash H-O-P and F-N-T-Z no, wait H-O-P-F-Z ignore that second bit, not F-N-T-Z um, fntz.co slash H-O-P and H-O-P-F-Z is the discount code, so get over there and help us out, thank you very much 
the scores from the Superliga weekend just gone, or, or not really just gone, it was nearly a week ago, um, were as follows. Arsenal de Sarandí and River Plate got a 3-3 draw in Sarandí. Uh, River Plate's reserves, we should say, for obvious reasons. Uh, Boca Juniors' reserves lost 1-0 at home to defending champions Racing, which blows the title race very nicely open. On Saturday, Banfield 1, Atletico Tucumán 2, Independiente 0, Argentinos Juniors 1, Patronato 1, Newell's Old Boys 3, Tacheres 2, Lanús 4. On Sunday, Aldo Civi 1, Defensa y Justicia 0 in the green and yellow derby, Gimnasia 0, Union 1, Huracán 2, San Lorenzo 0 in the Clásico, which we previewed on Hand of Pod Extra last week, and Rosario Central 0, Belle Sarsfield 1. And on Monday evening, Estudiantes got a 1-0 away win over Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, and Colón beat Godoy Cruz 2-1. I don't really want to go into River and Boca too much, because obviously it was far from the biggest story for either of those clubs that, this week. Um, but that defeat for Boca... Uh, for, well, first of all, Arsenal-River was a really entertaining game. Yes. Um, River, I think, fell... Was it 2-0 down? 3-1. 3-1 down, um, and came back to draw 3-3. Um, the defeat for Boca meant that we had the opportunity of seeing uh, potential joint leaders. I think there was one team who actually could have gone top. I think Newell... No, somebody else could, might, might have leapfrogged them, but they didn't. Um, but it eventually happened. Argentinos, uh, with that 1-0 win away to Independiente, went joint top. They've both got 21 points now, Boca and Argentinos. Um, Boca are, are still top on goal difference, um, but they're, they're both level on 21. Um, Lanús, who got that 4-2 win away to Tacheres. It was a bit of a weird game, that, because it actually wasn't as entertaining as the scoreline suggests. Did you catch any of it? Not very much, but... Uh... It, it was really strange, because the, there was a flurry of goals. Lanús were 2-0 up after six minutes. They, they got a penalty. And then uh, Alexandro Bernabé, whose name is not quite uh, a, a stadium <laughs> in, in Europe, um, scored on his debut uh, after six minutes to make it 2-0. Um, so that happened at the start of the game. And then the rest of the first half was... Frankly, a bit dull. And he's from Argentina because yes. we could say we could ask, "Oh, where is he from?" Yeah, uh, yeah. The commentators were calling him Alexander as well, but his his name, his first name, is about it. It's spelled like Alexander, as you'd expect it to be if you were English speaking. Uh, but instead of er at the end, it's R O, Alexandro, and then his surname is spelt like the Bernabeu Stadium, oh, with but a, with an I instead yeah. of a U at the end. Um, so it, the rest of the first half was, was largely quite dull. And then Dairo Moreno put Tacheres back in it after 42 minutes. Um, and then Marcelino, Marcelino Moreno scored, I want to say at the very start of the second half, but it might have been at the very, end, at the very, very end of the first half, um, to put Lanús 4-1 up. He says 46 minutes, so it must be the first... Start of the second, yeah, yeah. that's right, because there was a... Fl- yeah, OK, that makes sense, because then Nahuel Bustos made it 3-2 um, a few minutes after that. And it was like, oh, this is a fantastic game. And then Facundo Tanaglia put, put Lanús ahead nine minutes into the second half. And then the game just sort of ended. There, there was not really very much going on for about the last 35 minutes. It was really strange because there were these crazy sort of 10, 15 minute patches where it was like, God, this is an absolutely amazing game. And then large stretches of nothing at all in between. Um, 
So, anyway, Lanús, as a result of that win, are in third place, two points behind Boca and Argentinos, and ahead on goal difference of Belles and Racing. So, Racing right back in the title and now, only two points off the lead, thanks to that win over Boca. Not only the match was strange about Lanús and Tacheres, but also the way they have been playing, uh, because Lanús played awfully and played awfully as River in the third round was... Mm. Uh, or second round or fourth. Well, it was in the first uh, matches of the of the Superliga, uh, second round, three 0 and after oh. that it looks like they improved a lot and they are now second. Uh, and Tacheres it was the other way uh, after yeah. defeating River, one nil, playing playing really great. Uh, they were down in their performances and, and now they are uh, a, a not very reliable team. Like a crazy team that could score three or four goals and play incredibly well, and then the other match be crap. Yeah, since beating River, they beat Aldo Civi 2 1. They got a 1 0 win over Banfield, everything was going great. Then they put Banfield out of the Copa Argentina on penalties a few days later, um, and then they beat Gimnasia. And then the wheels came off. They lost 3-2 away to Independiente, they lost 2 1 away to Atletico Tucumán, they got knocked out of the Copa Argentina by Almagro. Um, in 90 minutes, 1-0 uh, and then they've got this defeat against Lanús and next up next Wednesday, because there's no football this weekend, yes. for reasons we'll get into in a few minutes um, they are visiting Argentinos so great, great match it's there. not promising for them for, for yes. Tachera's point of view, that's going to be really difficult I think um, but yeah, the, the wheels have fallen off their campaign somewhat, Newell's still the only team to have scored in every game with a pretty open and uh, and very, very commanding 3-0 win away to Patronato, which is exactly what we'd have expected. Rodrigo Salinas, Lucas Albertengo and Mauro Formica got the goals. And then Cristian Tarragona pulled one back for Patronato, like uh, literally about 10 seconds from the end of the game. Um, so the fact that Newell's won 3-1 really is, is, if anything, slightly flattering to Patronato in that one. Yes. Patronato that now are... In the same position as Rosario Central, they now they should they should have to play a, a match to see who who is related and who is stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into the standings in a second, but at the moment those yeah. two sides are uh, on the cusp, uh, separated uh, by the the relegation line, but actually not separated at all. Um, in the Clásico, Huracan got a I'm going to say shock two 0 win over San Lorenzo. I wasn't expecting it. Not uh, well. Could be shocking or, or, or surprising, but uh, actually, having said, I wasn't expecting. I can't remember what I predicted. But sorry, uh, carry on, Andres. Uh, you, you must have predicted a draw because I, I don't uh, uh, fancy predicting a win of San Lorenzo, even against. Well, could be against Cody Cruz, perhaps, or against Patronato. True, uh, but, uh, but Huracan in a away condition. Uh, looks hard for them or for anyone to to predict a victory for them. But uh, I've just had a look, and the last time before this weekend, last weekend, the Huracan scored two goals uh, was the second of August against Colón in the second round of games. Uh, since then, they've lost two one to Patronato in the league. They drew nil nil with Argentinos. They lost four one to Newell's in the league. They lost four nil to River. Um, they beat Defensive Justicia 1-0, drew 0-0 with Atletico Tucumán and then 0-0 with Estudiantes. 
Um, and they've managed to score more than once again for the first time in two and a half months against San Lorenzo. Uh, the goals there were from Lucas Barrios. I was trying to remember who scored the, the opener because the second one was Fernando Coniglio who celebrated by climbing up on the fence and screaming his head off yes. uh, eight minutes from time, uh, having put the game beyond doubt. San Lorenzo looked just really poor again though, didn't they? If your coach uh, says... That we played a, a, an awful match, an horrendous match. Well, uh, coaches are not uh, used to. Well, sometimes they 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 say we don't even play well. But uh, to say uh, the to to pronounce the words that Pizzi pronounced yeah. means yes that it was a, ter- a terrible match for them. It's really strange the way that they started the season off being like oh suddenly they're good and actually quite good to watch again, and then the last few weeks since. Uh, since since the defeat to Colón, I've, I've just looked at their fixture list again, with, yes. which was in uh, the, the, the sixth round of games. 2-1 against Colón, 2-0, they lost to Boca, beat Banfield 1-0, but it was pretty ugly stuff, then got thrashed by Central Cordoba, of course. Um, it, it's, it's strange how abruptly that change happened. They just seem to have gone back to being as crap as they were last year. Uh, not quite as boring. They're, they're still more enterprising yes. in, in the football they try to play. Um, but... Yeah, they they need to to find a turnaround. From I somewhere. think they will have to mix a bit more. The of course the age of the player perhaps doesn't tell anything, but they have uh, Colocini. Well, who is a, perhaps I wouldn't say an, an idol of San Lorenzo, but it's a, a player that a fan favorite. Yes, uh, thirty-seven, Perucci thirty-six, and then all of the players have more than twenty-five play, uh, years. Or well, the, the the youngest is Mauro Piton with 25 in the mm-hmm. at least in the starting lineup. Then you have Alexander Diaz, who uh, I really don't know a lot about him, with 20 uh, with 19, uh, and this is it. Uh, I think that of course it doesn't mean that you have to put all of the kids in a row, but or, or, or together. Uh, but uh, uh, I know where is Kaich, for example. Uh, he has been called up for the under 23. Uh, uh, national team, but I don't think they are playing uh, friendlies right now. Uh, but uh, uh, before, of course, the, the call up, he was taken into the reserves. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's a good option, at least for this moment of San Lorenzo. Not to, I, I insist, not put every every kid that San Lorenzo may have in the in the in the uh, youth divisions, but at least one or two, and I think it's. Uh, not very balanced team, and Bruno Piton in this case didn't save them, but but by scoring mm. a goal. Yeah. Uh, so the standings then, as I said already, Boca and Argentinos joint top with twenty one, Lanús in third with nineteen, Vélez and Racing also on nineteen, uh, River Newells both have eighteen, and Arsenal, Tacheres and San Lorenzo still thanks for their good start to the season in Tacheres and San Lorenzo's case uh, have sixteen points. I think that probably. Realistically speaking, the title battle ends there. Um, but in the relegation table, Gimnasia remain bottom. How, what did Gimnasia do? I've just realised I can't remember what their score was at the weekend. They lost to, to Union 1-0. In ah, they did, yeah. yeah. That's right. 
Um, so they remain bottom after that defeat. Uh, the only team with less than a point a game. They've got 60 points from 62 matches. Central Cordoba have 11 points from 10 games. Of course, if they can win a couple, they'll be way back up out the table again. As Andres already mentioned, Rosario Central and Patronato um, at the moment are both dead level on 71 points from 62 matches, which means that if the, t- if the season were to end like this, those two would have to play a tiebreaker to decide who stays up and who goes down. Um, just above these guys, I'm going to say that the relegation battle goes up to uh, Banfield have got 72 from 62, Aldo Sibi have got 41 from 35, Colón have got 77 from 62, so they're six points clear of Central and Patronato. Um, and then Newell's have got 76 now from 61, which I think probably puts them safe, but if they were to lose the game in hand, it might get, you know, they drop below Colón. I, I think that probably the the realistically speaking, the relegation dogfight goes up to Newell's in 17th on the relegation table. The ones who are quite of course, up in the, in the table because of their fantastic former season they, last season they had was well, defensive justicia, but the way they are playing now, if they have, they are playing, they continue mm. playing like this, this season and the next one, they will be in trouble. Uh, problems in three years' time, but in three years' yes. time, the relegation uh, average might might have been scrapped. Yes, could be, yes, because they are, they, they they are playing now like the, like a team they are that are that is fighting not to be relegated. Indeed, maybe, yeah. Really, having mentioned that there is no football this weekend, I should say that that's no reason to not get onto Fanatis fntz.co slash hop discount code hopfz uh, as soon as possible because on Friday evening there will in fact be a game it's the remaining Copa Argentina quarterfinal and it is Independiente versus Lanús which has the potential to be quite decent I think yes um so that one's going to be played on Friday. The reason that there isn't going to be any other football this weekend, though, especially on Sunday, uh, is that this weekend Argentina's presidential elections are happening. Um, and it's a law here in Argentina that no one's allowed to have fun on electoral weekend. Uh, so no nightclubs are going to be open. Nobody's going to be selling any alcohol anywhere. Um, and there's no football the at thing, all. The thing I don't understand, I think you you don't understand either and and we have talked about this is why they play in Rosario when Independiente and Lanús are in south of Great Buenos Aires because it's the Copa Argentina I mean they should be playing somewhere in Greater Buenos Aires shouldn't they Kilmes Stadium could be it's It's close to to both teams uh, but that doesn't help any tour agencies to sell tickets. So uh, any tourism agencies, I mean, uh, to sell tickets, because the Copa Argentina, of course, for the first few years of its existence in its modern form, uh, was organised yes. by a tourism agency, not by, <laughs> not by the AFA. Um, River knows that we'll play against Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, uh, and mm. then in the other uh, part of the of the draw is Central Córdoba, who is of course waiting for uh, the match play. Uh, play tomorrow to, to see who plays with them, against yep. them. Indeed. Um, we will still have a Mystic Sam at the end of this um, podcast, however, because there are going to be games, is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week? Yes. So there is a round of football, and we probably won't be recording before that round of football starts. We might be recording between it and the next one, but it's difficult to not say exactly because the next one's on Saturday. 
So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we've got Friday off, and then Saturday next week, uh, we're straight into the next round after that. Uh, so we might be able to squeeze an episode in, but it's, it's a bit hard to say at the moment. At any rate, I've got somebody who's challenged me for both of those rounds. Uh, so I will read all of that Mystic Sam out in a few minutes. But first of all, let's get to listeners' questions. First of all, Liam Delaney says, I thought Tevez was really poor the other night. Thoughts on him starting? And even more baffling on him not being substituted. Saturday was far more dangerous when he came on. Yes, I think we, we mentioned something like that uh, in the in the beginning of the podcast of the of the episode. Uh, yes, uh, it's more the name than than the real form they ha- he had in order to 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 be playing that match. And because it was River and Tevez, perhaps uh, offers something uh, different or a plus for in these matches something that didn't happen of course uh, so yes there are only that reason I think to for him to be in the, in the team uh, because he's Carlos Tevez and, mm. and, and in front of him was River uh, and sometimes he played better against River than uh, any other teams but no it's then really no other reason to, to understand that no uh, Leo Russomano says not too familiar with the Brazilian teams a few weeks ago you guys were saying that if River wins the semi they'd be the favourites to win the final I'm going to interject here what we actually said was that whoever came out of the River Boca fi- uh, semi-final would be the favourites for the final um, and I think it was me saying it more than Darren Andres uh, Leo continues now Argentine media is talking about Flamengo as if they are a European powerhouse am I missing something? Well, you miss five. You beat five nil. Your your. Uh, I wouldn't say direct rival because Flamengo and Gremio aren't. Uh, it's not Inter against Gremio, uh, but um, you beat five nil in a semi final, and and of course you 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 are. Uh, it's not something that happens every time. I I think we will talk about this later or or in the extra episode. But uh, there are not very a lot of semi-finals with that score and with that performances. Uh, I think that's why. Uh, if you, of course, take into account only the, this match, everyone will say that they are the favourites. Yeah, and the news cycle always revolves around the most recent game to have been played, which is why I made the point earlier that if you reverse the orders of the semi of, of the legs in the two semi-finals, uh, then suddenly everybody's saying, "Oh, you know, can Flamengo afford to be as wasteful as they were?" Uh, against this ruthless river team um, it, it's going to be a very different final I think it's fair to say to either of the two the other thing that I will say is that I think that both Boca after last year's final and Gremio after their win um, in 2016 have both to an extent and it sounds a bit daft to say it of Gremio because they've been back to the latter stages um, but to an extent they've, they've both kind of rested on their laurels a bit they haven't improved um, whereas River have remained quite dynamic Flamengo obviously have had a lot of um, of investment they have strengthened the squad enormously and they've found a, a really good manager in, in Jorge Jesus um, who uh, has uh, has come down from Portugal and, and is enjoying a little bit of a renaissance in his career um, so it, it's it, both of, of the two teams who came through the semi-finals were it sounds a bit daft to say it about River, who are the defending champions, but are on the ascendancy to an extent. Um, if you, of, of course, it's said a lot of times that uh, history doesn't play in, in, in the finals or in the matches. Uh, every match is a different history, and if you if you only 
uh, uh, talk about the previous history, of course, it, you perhaps uh, are in the risk of, of, of making a mistake. But River is the third uh, final in five years that plays in Copa Libertadores. Mm. While Flamengo, as you, I, th I think you mentioned that they play against Cobra Loa in 1981, the one who that 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 uh, won, and then they didn't have a lot of uh, situations like this. Uh, no, I think they've been in. They, they got to the semis yes. at some point in the 2000s, I think, and that's been it since. So, of course, you talk about the recent history, not only the past history. Uh, oh, they were in, they were the team Independiente beat in the Sudamericana uh, final a few uh, 2017 or something, yes. weren't they? Yeah. Um, but I don't think even it was Jorge Jesus there. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, he, he came in this year. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting final, and I think it'll be more probably more entertaining than the uh, than the Boca River was on Tuesday. Yes. Um, there were people saying that. Uh, if Grêmio was the team uh, that uh, got to the final, would be much harder for River because of the style that they play. If if you could compare more more uh, similar to Boca and Flamengo is a more similar team to River in the yeah. way that they let the other team play and they have more open play. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of jeopardy, isn't it? Because I, yes. I guess River Flamengo feels a bit like it, it, it's from River's point of view, it's a potentially easier match to win. But it's also probably an easier match for them to lose. Yes. Uh, so, so it goes both ways. It's, it's less likely to be a draw, basically, yes. uh, from the neutrals point of view, which is great, of course. Um, and Andrew Pink OLY has the final question of this week. Haha. <laughs> okay. Either of the two, do either of the two presidential candidates slash parties have any football-related policy propositions? The first thing I will say before we start answering this is that this is not a two-party system in Argentina, so there are more than two presidential candidates. However, I think it is probably uh, fair to suppose that he's talking about Mauricio Macri and Alberto Fernandes. Um, and I think that the answer, really, the, the short answer, um, regardless of who the presidential party candidates are and how many of them there are, is they wouldn't dare. No. Basically, the, the the economic situation. Alberto Fernandez's policy is that he's a massive Argentino Juniors fan um, and just a fan. And Mauricio Macri's policy is uh, don't let Boca play River again. I don't know. Yes. No. Uh, the only thing that we heard about him uh, uh, as a president was uh, not directly that he talked about that, but they, he wants and he always wanted to make to convert teams into. Sociedades Anonymous, like, like uh, into yeah, in, companies. Yeah, into PLCs yes. would be the, the British English translation. Uh, yeah. But uh, apart from that, there wasn't any more, any other uh, things that uh, he he talked about. Uh, we will make the teams uh, play in that. No, nothing like that. Or or, or, or people, to again, to have free uh, uh, football or football para todos. And, and the one who would... Uh, say this is Alberto Fernandez, who is of course close to Cristina Fernandez, who who was the one who uh, made the football para todos possible, mm. and he didn't say anything because the economic situation is quite uh, more important than than football para todos or pro uh, proposals about football or, or something like that. Yeah, D don't take these answers to mean that the uh, identity of Argentina's president in a few couple of months' time. Uh, will not affect 
football fans or the experience of watching football or being a football fan in Argentina. There will be knock-on effects, of course, and you know if the government changes especially, then, then some policies will end up changing around football and we will cover those as they happen. Uh, but at the moment, in terms of stated policies prior to the election, um, there is one area that no candidates are going to go anywhere near under any circumstances, even if the economy was doing fantastically and nobody had a problem with social justice or, or all the rest of it, and that is football, because it is that bigger thing in Argentina, unfortunately. Perhaps, perhaps, and I am not saying uh, anything that uh, he he said or 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 even as a joke that uh, perhaps if if Mauricio Macri loses the election, he may want to get back to Boca, uh, even when the, the elections are, are the candidates are already set for Boca's elections this year, and and. and Angelisi, who can't, of course, be president again because he has been re-elected in 2015. He is in the, of course, the, the party that wants to uh, continue in the in, in the in the uh, ruling the, the the club, but not as a president. And Macri, of course, is now occupied in the mm. in the elections, so in the national elections. Yeah. So uh, that's something I am saying, but it's nothing that he said. Indeed. And now, here's Mystic Sam. Okay, this week's predictions have been sent to me by Rue, who is one of the Pod Patreon supporters, who I mentioned last week that I have met up with that week. Um, he was visiting Buenos Aires and decided to come for a pint and as I said last week if anybody ever wants to then please get in touch more than happy to do so and it also gives me a chance to plug our Patreon page if you go to p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash hand of pod then you can choose to support us with a small monthly donation and in return we will give you some extra content um, an extra hand of pod episode they vary from about 15 minutes to about half an hour um, extra each week and occasionally another one on Sunday evenings which I record with my reactions it depends on how busy I am on Sunday evenings to be honest with you um, so yeah please do that patreon.com slash hand of pod and we will love you forever um, so Rue has sent me very kindly the predictions that he's got for the next two rounds which as I said is useful because I don't know whether we're going to have time to record between the next two rounds uh, we, we're, we're going to try but we don't know whether we'll be able to and if I do both of these now it means that I don't have to edit a Mystic Sam bit into next week's podcast which is fantastic because although this is only a short section it actually adds considerably to the amount of time that the podcast takes to edit for me um, so here we go in match day 11 which is going to be played between Tuesday and Thursday of next week Rue is going for Newells to beat Gymnasia and I think I'm going to as well, because I'm not an idiot. Godoy Cruz versus Aldo Sibi. Rue thinks is an Aldo Sibi win. I'm going to say a draw for that one. Uh, Atletico Tucumán versus Patronato. Rue's going for uh, an Atletico Tucumán win. And I, oof, neither of them are in great form, but I think I'm going to side with Rue there. I think I'm going for an Atletico Tucumán win as well. Estudiantes versus Rosario Central. 
Um, Rue reckons that's a central win. I'm going to go for an Estudiantes win. River versus Colón. Rue says home win. And, I mean, it's difficult logic to fault, isn't it? So I'm going to go for that as well. San Lorenzo versus Defensa y Justicia. Rue says a home win. I think that one might end in a draw. Um, Union versus Independiente. Rue says it's a draw. I'm going to go for an Independiente win. I'm sticking my neck out. That one will depend on the result of Copa Argentina. Yeah. Uh, the, the self-esteem. The... It might very well. But uh, it looks like it's going to be played on about Wednesday or something from, from the order of the fixtures. So uh, We'll see. Uh, Racing versus Banfield. We're both going for home wins. in uh, For a home win, sorry, in that one. Arsenal versus Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero. We're also both going for home wins in that one. Uh, Argentinos versus Tacheres. Both going for Argentinos wins. This is getting a bit boring, isn't it? Beles versus Huracan. Ruse going for an Huracan win. I'm going to go for a Beles win in that one. And Lanús versus Boca. Rue thinks that that's going to be a Lanús win. I'm going to go for Boca to win it. I think that they'll take their anger out after elimination in the Libertadores. In round 12, which is going to be Saturday next week to Monday or Tuesday... Rue is saying that Argentinos will get an away win over Defensa y Justicia, and I agree with him. Uh, Central Cordoba versus Vélez, he thinks he's going to be a Central Cordoba win. He says home win. I'm going for a Vélez win in that one. Um, to be honest with you, I think. Uh, I wonder whether he's got the fixtures the wrong way around. He's, no, he's, he's, I've met him. He's, in, he's, he's Scottish. So he'll be doing the proper way around. He's not doing the American way. Okay. Anyway, Rosario Central versus Godoy Cruz. Rue says home win, Central. I'm going to go for, yeah, I think a home win as well in that one. Uh, Banfield versus Union. Rue says a draw. Ooh, that's a hard one to call. And I'm going to go for a draw as well, I think. Both fairly uninspiring recently. Patronato versus Racing. Rue says a draw. I'm going to go for a Racing uh, win in that one. Um, Boca versus Arsenal big clash for the title race that one um, Rue thinks that's going to be a draw I and I think I'm inclined to agree with him there actually but that's going to be really on a knife edge that, that should be a really good game um, Gimnasia versus Estudiantes the Clásico Platense which ensures that we will have to record before that round because we'll have to record a hand of pod extra uh, preview Histor- historicizing both teams. Rue says draw. I'm going to go for an Estudiantes win. Sorry, Diego. Uh, Aldo Sibi versus River. Rue says draw. I'm going for a River win. Uh, Tacheres versus Newells. Rue says Tacheres to win. I think it's going to be a Newells win. I need to get my pen to work properly, so I'm going a bit slowly here. Independiente versus San Lorenzo. Uh, Rue says San Lorenzo to win. I think it's going to be a draw. Huracan uh, versus Lanús. Rue says draw. I think Lanús will win that one. I think they've played themselves into some form. And Colón. Obligatory pause for a dickhead on a motorbike outside there. Colón versus Atletico Tucumán. Rue says it's a Colón win. And I agree with him. We have got some very entertaining matches coming up in the next two rounds. Yes. We will hopefully be able to review the first half of those matches next week, potentially on Friday afternoon, but we'll have to see. We might have a couple of very special guests next week as well. 
they're listening now, and I know that they're up for it. Um, but from the rest of you, I'm going to keep it a secret as to who they are. Uh, but uh, you'll have to wait and see. But for now, thank you very much indeed for listening, and goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And from me, thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>